BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hello and welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Today, we're diving in and looking into the disappearances of Jameis and family. Today's case is one of the most interesting I've looked into, and I've just recently become obsessed with this case. I think the most interesting thing about it is that there's so much evidence, but there are no suspects and no leads. It's so many interesting theories. This is the case of the Jameis and family. October 8, 2009, the Jamison family comprised of Bobby Daniel Jamison, age 44, Sherilyn Jamison, age 40, and their six-year-old daughter, Madison Stormy Star Jamison, were seen for the last time before vanishing. The family who lived in Eufaula, Oklahoma at the time of their disappearance was last seen by a man who lived in the mountains in southeastern Oklahoma. However, the man told authorities that he only saw the family and nobody else in the area during that time. Officially, the Jamisons were near this area to view a 40-acre plot of land that they were looking to purchase. Bizarrely, they planned to live on the land in a storage container that they already owned on their current property in Eufaula. I know a lot of people who do that. Tiny houses. You've seen those tiny houses moving? Well, a storage container is tiny. They're going to live in it. However, it was probably more like throw some sleeping bags in a container and call it good. On October 16th, eight days after the family was last seen alive, the first major discovery in the case occurred. Hunters in a remote location, a quarter mile away from the family's last known location, discovered the family's truck abandoned and still locked. Inside the truck, investigators found Bobby's wallet, Sherilyn's purse, jackets, a GPS, Bobby's cell phone, and surprisingly, $32,000 cash in a bank bag stashed below the driver's seat, as well as the Jamison's pet dog, Maisie, who was malnourished but still alive. Bobby's cell phone found in the truck contained a photo of his daughter Madison, 
which was believed to have been taken the day before they disappeared. One key observation made was that the truck showed no evidence of any kind of struggle. Former Latimer County Sheriff Israel Beachamp would eventually say, quote, I think they were forced to stop and got out of their truck to meet with someone they recognized, and I think they left either willingly or by force. Signs that point to them maybe leaving on their own accord would be off-the-grid types. Though if you were willing, why wouldn't you take your dog with you? That's what I'm saying is against the willingly, which would make me think it was against their will. If someone had them at gunpoint, maybe they'd leave the dog, because you bring that dog with you. It's very handy in a survival situation, depending on what kind of dog it is. Also, at gunpoint, you're not really in a position to make demands. You couldn't be like, hey, can I bring my dog? What about Maisie? The GPS unit and truck indicated that the family had been farther up a nearby hill prior to the location where the truck and belongings were found. Investigators followed GPS coordinates, and it's there that they found footprints. One day later, on October 17th, over 300 people, including authorities and volunteers, formed a large-scale air and ground search party. Unfortunately, the leads went cold, and the search for the Jaminsons was called off. Which brings us to the case's second major and unfortunate discovery. On November 16th, 2013, hunters were out scouting for deer hunting locations in the deep woods when they stumbled upon the partial skeletal remains of three bodies of two adults and one child. The remains were discovered less than three miles away from where the Jamesons had dis- disappeared over four years earlier. The search by officials that followed would uncover shoes, bits of clothing, adult teeth, an adult arm, and leg bones, and bone fragments. The bones would eventually be confirmed as the missing Jameson family. I mean, they don't know how long they were out there. I've said this before, the wilderness is big. You miss things. The Oklahoma and State Medical Examiner, Dr. Joshua Lanter, reported that a cause and manner of death were unknown, possibly due to the fact that the skeletal remains weren't complete. He later stated, that there was no evidence of trauma, though it couldn't be ruled out due to the incomplete remains. He also could not rule out disease. There was also evidence of posthumous damage by animals. His final report on the case states that the deaths occurred under suspicious circumstances. Other items worth mentioning from the investigation are a missing briefcase and a missing 22 caliber handgun registered to Sherilyn Jameson both of which were never found. Let's provide some background on the two Jameson parents, Bobby and Sherilyn. Both Bobby and Sherilyn were not working at the time of their disappearance due to disabilities and receiving disability checks. Bobby was on disability due to being a car accident, but one thing worth noting is that Sherilyn's mother, Connie, stated that she did not know of any settlement from the car accident, which might explain the $32,000 in cash found in their truck. Neither she nor anybody else knows where this money came from. The former sheriff, while on the investigation, stated that there, quote, doesn't appear to be any signs that the Jamesons were in trouble or looking to start a new life. One odd wrinkle to the case was security footage taken outside the family's home. The footage, according to Daily Mail, was found the day they left and showed the couple making several silent trips between the car and their home as they methodically packed to leave. 
They were moving in a manner that the sheriff described as a trance-like state. On the video, sometimes they would just stop and stare. The sheriff said, normally you can go through an investigation and one by one eliminate certain scenarios. However, for this case, that was not able to be done. Everything seems possible. So there, there are a handful of theories behind the disappearance of the Jamison family, as well as their death. First theory is they just got lost and died. First theory is that the family simply got lost in the woods and died from hypothermia and exposure. In the days following their disappearance, the area where the family was last seen experienced heavy rains, albeit not rain strong enough to cause their deaths. A glance at the Farmer's Almanac for weather reports in the area at the time showed temperatures of merely 40 degrees at the coldest. As a reminder, the bodies were found only 2.7 miles from the truck. If you're two miles away from your car and you go, oh, it was that way. If you pick even the slightest wrong direction, suddenly you're way off the mark. Why would they leave their cell phone, all their possessions, things that you could use to then get back to your car? These do seem like people that are wilderness savvy. And the second theory is a possible Jameson murder-suicide. The second theory is that the Jamison's demise was a murder-suicide scenario. The investigation ended up turning up a suspicious letter that was 11 pages long and was found in the abandoned truck. The letter was called a hate letter from Sherilyn to Bobby in which she accused him of being a hermit. Another letter that was said to mention death was found in the family's home. According to the former sheriff, they were certainly a family obsessed with death. However, Sherilyn's mother has repeatedly stated that the parents were good parents. Quote, like I've said from the very beginning, I think somebody killed them. There's just no way that Bobby and Sherilyn would ever let anything happen to Madison unless something had to be done. Everyone has some marital disputes. That seems minor. However, 11 pages is a lot of pages. But if the worst thing you say in it is you're a hermit. Also, if you're going to murder somebody in the woods, why bring your daughter with you? Though, if you're murdering someone, you're probably not in the right frame of mind to begin with. I suppose, but the mom doesn't think so. Also, it's noteworthy that the mom lived with them for a certain amount of time. And then the third theory is that the family was murdered by Bobby's father, Bobby Dean Jameson. Bob Dean Jameson... Earlier in 2009, approximately six months before the family disappeared, Bobby filed a protective order against his father. Allegedly, Bob had threatened to kill Bobby and his family on two separate occasions in November 2008 and April 2009. In the petition, he did not detail how his father had made the threats. He did write that Bob had hit me with his vehicle on November 1, 2008. Bobby also wrote that Bob was a very dangerous man who thinks he's above the law, and that he'd been involved with prostitutes, gangs, and meth. Doesn't look it. I mean, definitely gives motive. Seems like the kind of guy who might do that on account of he threatened to murder. Furthermore, Bobby stated in his peti petition, quote, My entire family is severely scared for their lives. I'm in fear at all times. Testimonies were given in the case, and a judge dismissed the protective order on May 18, 2009. Bobby Jameson also was in the process of suing his father 
at the time of the Jameson's family's disappearance. The gist of the suit is that Bobby would sometimes work for free at his father's gas station, where half the sales had been promised to him, but were never paid. Though Bobby and Sherilyn had been described as scammers by former sheriff, as they had previously sued three others in 2005 after a car accident. Moreover, Jack Jameson, Bob Dean's brother and Bobby's uncle, claimed that Bob Dean was disturbed at the time. Jack was pretty sure he was not capable of being involved in that. You wish these stories had a black and white to them. Every time you think it is clear-cut, now this. You got this poor family, they turn up in the woods, you feel for them. Now suddenly they're casting doubt upon their characters because they're what? They're scammers? According to the sheriff, that is. I mean, that's his opinion. Bob Dean died in December 2009. Jack, like Sherilyn's mother, still suspects, suspects that foul play played a part in the family's death. Things. This brings us to our bizarre fourth theory. It was a cult killing. Sherilyn's mother, Connie, believes that Jameson's were killed by a religious cult in southeastern Oklahoma. According to her, the cult had a hit list that Sherilyn was on. After investigation discovery aired a special on the family on the show disappeared, her close friend, Nikki Shenholz, said she received a phone call from an anonymous woman. This woman repeated, reportedly told her that she'd once been in a white supremacy group that kept a book containing a list of people who'd been problems for them. Sometimes, this woman claimed if she could remember one of the names she had seen, she'd go home and look it up on the internet. This led her to multiple missing persons cases, including the Jamesons. She said she wasn't sure what to make of the caller. Colt, I don't know. I wouldn't actually just refute it outright. It does sound outrageous given everything else, and this seems very par for the course when it comes to cult cases. A 1993 article in the Oklahoman stated that a few cults had sprung up around eastern Oklahoma, though a U.S. marshal named James Webb added, quote, There hasn't been any activity in a couple of years. It's also been suggested that the family was into witchcraft. A witch Bible was reportedly found in the family's home. Though, Nikki claims that Sherilyn bought the Witch Bible as a joke. That being said, their pastor in Eufaula, Gary Brandon, claims Bobby confessed that he was reading a satanic Bible. Additionally, a mysterious graffiti was found on a large storage can container kept on the family's property. One line read, three cats killed to date by people in this area. Witches don't like their black cat killed. There was a Witch Bible found in their house, which was written off as a joke, sure. But then the husband himself has admitted he was reading a satanic Bible. So obviously it was not a joke. Sherilyn's mother also repeated some odd behavior from her daughter. Quote, she became very illogical. One day she drove me to Oklahoma City, dropped me off on the street, told me, get out of my car. So I did. You don't do that to your mother. There could be other factors, but it could also be because she was maybe in a daze. Yeah, your head kind of gets lost in a fog when you're involved in some shady business, I suppose. Also, my mom. It's <laughs> the kind of mom who, if I said that to her, she'd smack me, and then I'd have to get out. And of course, the main evidence of strange behavior was the aforementioned security tape where the two parents appear to be in a trance-like state. The Jamesons also reportedly claimed to have two to four ghosts in their home. 
Father Gary Brandon even told investigators that Bobby had once called him asking him about special bullets that could be used to shoot spirits. And now the final theory was that the family was on drugs. This brings us to our fifth and final theory, that drugs were involved. All the aforementioned strange behavior from the Jamison parents could be explained by the influence of drugs. That were actually rumors that the Jamison parents were involved with drugs and some believe that the family was involved in the drug deal gone awry. As reported by the Oklahoman in May 2010, Sherilyn's mother, who didn't believe drugs were involved, said the couple had been in financial straits. Pure speculation here, but maybe the $32,000 in cash had something to do with the possible deal. It makes no sense how the family had that money, let alone in the car they disappeared from. People didn't know where the money came from. They were making money off of some kind of situation. It would be off the grid, drug situation. It would be. They're not keeping. They're not taking it to the bank and saying, this is from the meth I just sold. Police initially suspected drugs after viewing the strange security footage, but former sheriff said there was no evidence backing up the theory that the Jameson used or dealt drugs. Yet he also stated he could not rule out the possibility that drugs were involved in the disappearance. To be fair, many have pointed out that the family likely would not have taken six-year-old Madison with them if some kind of drug-related event was taking place. Every time in this case I think I've come to some kind of ill, some kind of logical conclusion, I'm sadly mistaken. Would it be easy, though, for them to cover up the evidence of their involvement with drugs? What if they were going to perhaps buy some drugs? In that case, someone shows up who's allegedly going to give them drugs. They've got the money that they're going to give that person, though I don't know why that person didn't take the money. The former sheriff has said that there were no suspects in the case. While investigating the disappearances, he was quoted as saying, A lot of investigators will love to have as many leads as we do. The problem is, they point in so many different directions. Perhaps one day, those leads will point in one clear direction. But for now, this case remains unsolved. Thanks for listening to this episode of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Let us know your thoughts about this case in the comments section below. And be sure to hit the subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up if you like the video. Or, be fair, give us a thumbs down if you don't like the video. And share with your friends. And join us for our next episode on the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast or on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next episode.